correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Hey folks, what's up? Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm Steve, and I'm here tonight with Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice to hear, nice to hear. Well, we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk about a place where we get to have lots of fun. But before we do that, we've got a podcast of the week to talk about in our D20 Network Spotlight. Yeah, we do. We're going to talk about the OP cast. Yes. The OP cast is Chaz, formerly of The Story Told, and Josh Heath from Werewolf the Podcast. <laughs> currently of a lot of things. <laughs> yes, currently of a lot of things. High-level games and et cetera and so on. And I believe there's another co-host or two involved but they talk about the Trinity Continuum series from, I guess now it's Onyx Path. Yeah, that would be, it would be Onyx Path at this point, but. Yeah, Aberrant, Aeon. White Wolf. Yeah. Um, is the, what is the third one? Is it Aberrant? Aeon. Aeon Trinity Continuum. Uh, is, it, is it just Trinity Continuum? I don't know. I think it, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> But anyway, (laughs) that game's really cool and really confusing. And we had them on, well, at least part of them on. Uh, Both both Josh and and Chaz have been on, but not together. Right. We had Josh on to talk about, I think, or who do we have on? We had somebody. We had Chaz on to talk about like World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, all that. That was quite a while back. And then I think you, I don't remember if you had internet problems or whatever the time I had Josh, Josh on to talk Werewolf. And then we had Josh on to talk army men. Right. Not too long that was ago. it. That was it. Sorry. I'm getting yep. my, it's, it, we're at over a hundred episodes at this point. <laughs> yes. Hard to yes. keep track. But yeah. And it's the OP cast that literally as it's spelled OP cast. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but I don't remember what the address is off the top of my head. So you'll have to scroll down and click the link to find that out. So, uh, yeah, you can find that and all kinds of other gaming goodness at uh, d20radio.com. And with that, it's time to launch into our main topic for this week, which is uh, uh, a little thing that we got to experience last year called PGX, which is a a local convention for us. And, uh, well, coming back to talk about it with us are two of the organizers. Well, one of them's coming back. One of them's here for the first time. So uh, welcome to me and Steve, uh, Wiz and Colt. Hello, glad to be here. Gentlemen, thanks for having us back. I appreciate it. I'm glad you had a good enough time that we uh, earned a second invite. <laughs> well, thanks for having us back. I'm excited yes. that we get to go to your con again this this coming year. It was a really great time last time and very excited to see what you guys have in store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, It's there's a lot this year. We've made a big expansion, so hopefully we're packing more stuff in this year. We've made some changes based on feedback that we received on things, and you know, every year we're trying to refine that. So, yeah, I would love to talk. Yeah, the size of the event is uh, more than doubling this than last year's event. Yeah, I was going to say for those, it's in the 
what is it called? The Monroeville Convention Center. I know yes. where it is. It's a half hour from my house, but yeah, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, we're at the Monroeville Convention Center out in Monroeville, uh, not far from the Monroeville Mall, site of a very, very famous zombie movie mm-hmm. that many, many zombie fans flock to. Mm-hmm. It's literally across the parking lot. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes outside of the city of Pittsburgh. That's why it's not called the Monroeville Gaming Convention. Uh, the Pittsburgh Gaming Convention or, P- or Pittsburgh Gaming Expo is because, you know, it is really a show for the region of Pittsburgh and for the city and for, you know, everyone that calls Pittsburgh home and everyone who likes to visit Pittsburgh. So, yeah, not far from downtown. Yeah. And and actually, if you're coming in from out of town, it's um about, what, eight minutes from the turnpike exits? Yeah, approximately, not. depending on traffic. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on how many of the stoplights you get, but it's literally, you know, like basically the uh, the turnpike exit drops you out onto the road that you turn into the complex off. So that works. And and yeah, it's a little bit of an odd building if no one's ever been there because you have like one half of it is like this giant normal convention hall, right? And then you have this other room that's kind of like a big, low ceilinged, like social hall. And then you have another room behind that that's more like your fireman's hall. And, you know, it's, so it's 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 kind of weird, but it works well together. But I know last year you just had the two smaller rooms. This year, as I understand, you have the whole kit and caboodle. Yep. Yeah. So anybody who's familiar with the Minerva Convention Center, they know that there's, I always refer to it as the concrete side and the carpet side uh, for people who don't know, or even people who do, because they don't know what they actually call those two halves and one is the south hall which is the carpeted side and the north hall which is the concrete side with massive ceilings and whatnot so for the last two years the pittsburgh gaming expo bgx has been uh, been held on the south hall which is the smaller of the two it's still decent space mm-hmm. it's definitely bigger than you know any gymnasium or fire hall or you know probably about on par with like some of your domed athletics centers but that, that's all that's that's the, the that's the maximum footprint of the building that we occupy was the south hall and the south hall breaks out into a main a main hall and then yeah there's a couple of like modular galleries in there mm-hmm. that can be either used as like one room or two rooms or four rooms however you want to break it down well the show has been so wildly successful the last couple of years as far as attendance goes and vendor demand that after last year, we made the decision that since we're not trying to just milk this thing for as much as we can with as little expense, and we want to give people the best experience that we can in the venue, we decided to expand it to the entire building, which allowed us to expand the footprint of everything, the footprint of the tabletop area, the free play area, the free play arcade, the live music space, the exhibitor hall, uh, and even the number of tattoo artists that we have at the show, and some extra little fun things that we managed to squeeze into that space that we couldn't have never imagined doing in the South Hall alone. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it is quite uh, an expansion for the show. Yeah, like the table, you were there last year, the tabletop area that we had was just under 3,000 square feet. Uh, this year, we're at about 7,000 square feet of tabletop area. Oh, wow. That's a significant jump. Yeah. And like last year, it worked. And it, given the space you had to work with, it wasn't 
it wasn't anything you could have done. I don't think any better, but like, you know, and, and well, three of us at least were involved in a conversation Saturday night where we're like, you know, it's really cool, but the bands being 20 feet from the end of the tabletop area around the <laughs> corner through a door made it a little hard to hear it sometimes as cool as they were. And again, from information that, that I've gotten from your third partner, as I understand, the bands are going to be about where they were last year, this year, but tabletop is going to be all the way over the other corner of the building. Literally, yeah, literally opposite ends of the building. Um, that was a, a me request. I always request to put the bands as far away from tabletop as physically possible because I am hard of hearing and I have a hard time hearing people at my home game in my basement when there's nothing else going on. So I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm sensitive to that. Yeah, you'll pretty much only be competing with the sound of the vendor floor. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Hey, look, it's a, it's a convention, so some of that's to be expected, right? I mean, it is what it is. So it sounds like basically what you've done is just taken what you had and, and, and turned it up a bit. I know, again, information that you've put out, be it on social media, whatever, um, you know, more bands, more tabletop, more vendors, more space. You just said more tattoo. It's it's really like I think the name says a lot, right? Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. It's not just tabletop. It's not just video games. It's sort of gaming nerd culture space. Yep. That's, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. So I, I feel like we kind of like jump. We just jumped into this whole conversation very ham-fistedly because we're also familiar with each other we're like yeah let's just keep talking about the convention like everybody knows what we're talking about um <laughs> so uh yeah so for anybody who's never been to pittsburgh gaming expo never heard about pittsburgh gaming expo it is a locally run locally driven sourced show for the most part it's grown out of a social media community that originally was focused on collecting little gray cartridges and it has grown up into this massive pretty much celebration of everything geek and gaming related from music to video games to arcade games to tabletop like board games rpgs collectible trading card games uh, tattoo art because there's there are tons of great geeky insanely talented tattoo artists in the region and in the country who love to come to gaming conventions and do tattoos and mm-hmm. I get it, like not a spur of the moment purchase for me, like not something I would do. But there are people who go to the show and are like, uh, yeah, I want that. Or they'll come to the show knowing their artist is going to be there or an artist that they've wanted to be able to get time with. And on top of that, we have probably, I don't know, I, I don't want to make an unqualified claim, but I feel like we have one of the best curated gaming exhibitor halls in, in the region, at least in that. Oh, I, I, yeah. Well, Phil just packs up and brings the store. I mean, yeah, yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Like we don't have we don't have gutter guard on on the floor, you know. No no dig against gutter guard, but like if I'm paying money to go to a show and I'm trusting that that is going to be like a a fire hose full blast of gaming goodness for shopping or you know indulging as far as like playing goes, and that's what we want out of the show for. So you're, we have a bunch of local developers uh, for tabletop gaming um, and some video game developers as well f- that are local indie developers. Uh, so, yeah, we're trying to kind of really you know, fit as much as we can into that weekend that fits under that umbrella of gaming mm-hmm. that doesn't involve gambling. Because I've had that question <laughs> before. It's like, oh, do you mean like craps? I'm like, no. No, not that kind of gaming. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. We like to spend our money on things we aren't going to use, not <laughs> bet it on games we aren't going to win. 
Yeah, I gamble by buying tabletop RPG core books that I and the gamble is not whether or not I like them, it's whether or not I'll ever get to play them. I you're firmly seated in the choir. Look, if you bring books, I'll run games for you. I, I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you bring books and free time, I'll run some games for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm excited about it just because I mean it was it was last year was actually my first convention experience, but uh it was a lot of fun and even though I'm not that big of a video gamer, it was cool just walking around and seeing all the you know, be at the free play arcade, which you had arcade cabs, pinball, and then geez, what, four rows of assorted console stuff? Four or five, which, I don't know. I just a lot. <laughs> which I just want to call out because there's some really like just because I know you don't have context for this, but I kind of do. Everything from from the vector graphics stuff actually running on vector graphics machines to God hand running on a PS2 in the back room to like just phenomenal finds that are all community donated or community lent things to run just absolutely insane games that you never see in person. Like I've never seen a copy of God hand in person. Not not a single one. We had a guy uh, running Doom on a flashlight. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> that's bizarre. Which is funny um, because that's a game where you wish you had a flashlight. And, yeah, yeah, you, know, you don't, but you can play it on one. <laughs> but yeah, just the the video game stuff is so awesome, man. I I spent the majority of my time last year just hanging out in that game room, and it's such a great, it's such a great hang. It's such a great convention. And I think that's the big thing for conventions is if it's if it's a good community and it feels good to be there, you want to spend more time. And it, I felt great. I felt welcomed. I had an awesome time. And yeah, you guys run a fantastic show. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that up front. <laughs> I, I truly genuinely appreciate that because uh, it is absolutely a labor of love. You know, you have to love it or else we wouldn't still be doing it because, uh, you know, Colt and I, you know, we still have full-time gigs that demand our time and attention and families too. And this is by no means like replacing those, those ventures for us. So, yeah. And, you know, for me, like when I'm at the show, I, I'll let Colt talk to this too. You know, but for me, like, I don't like maybe during setup, we'll get an opportunity where we're testing and nobody can see me i'm doing air quotes on a podcast audio podcast but where we are we're, we're setting up we're testing the, the show floor for the arcade and pinball and video game section and i'll kind of meander around and i'll do my you know uh quality control and i'll you know i'll try some because none of those machines are ours for the most part they're they're all contributed through third-party supports like starport arcade or the people at pack which is Pittsburgh Arcade Collective, or members of our community, Pittsburgh Retro Gaming and Pittsburgh Modern Gaming. Those communities will provide hardware. I mean, some of it is owned by the convention, but very, very little of it because that creates a significant amount of overhead to maintain it throughout the year. So we, you know, bring those machines, you know, through collaboration. And to get to walk around the show floor during the show when i don't get time to go up and just give quality control to anything it is such a rewarding experience to look around the show floor and see people engaging with it maybe with their kids maybe they've never their kids have never 
seen an arcade cabinet, or maybe they've never seen that arcade machine or that pinball machine, and they get to see that for the first time, like God hand. Yeah, you got to see that for yeah. the first time. Yeah. And that's what's cool about this year is so the hall that was the entire show last year, this year is dedicated to only console gaming and arcade cabinet and pinball. So yeah, I see your eyes there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean it's a massive expansion of that footprint of the show. And like you said, it's free play. So, and people, people, yeah, would come up to our staff and ask us, Hey, where's the quarter machine so I can play these games? No, they're all free play. Every single thing you paid your price of admission to be able to play these machines. So we don't want to like milk you. Hey, yeah, it's the whole time you're there. We want you to have a good time and bring your kids and experience that for the first time. That, that for me is something that I really enjoy about the show is be able to bring that because like you said, it's about watching the community do that thing together that they can't do on their own. Nobody could do it by themselves. The community has to make it. And uh, yeah, so I'll get off my soapbox now. But No, I mean, that's honestly, fine. Yeah, but Colt, like I'll let you uh, touch upon that too. Basically the same sentiment. Like it's great. It's, it's very, I don't want to say frustrating, but 364 days or 63 days out of the year, whatever, we're just behind the scenes busting our butts to make this happen. And then two days out of the year, it happens. And seeing all that hard work come into, you know, explode into two days of just awesomeness, seeing so many people have a good time. You know, like last year, I almost got emotional, like watching the cosplay showcase go down because there was like 200 people sitting around just like having a great time watching these cosplayers come up on stage. And I was like, I, I created this, you know, like this is cool. And that's what makes me want to do it the next year and go through all the stress of uh, making it happen the next year. Yeah, I, I, and there's so much to the show. And I just found, sounds wait, of course, we're going to say that, right? It's our show. I completely forgot about the cosplay. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to bring it up. Brought it up. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, that element of the show, to see how people, like, bring their passion to that. And, like, my kids are, like, wanting to get into cosplay now because of it and things like that. And I, I just... Yeah, I mean, there everywhere you look, there's just something, somebody gushing over the geekdom yeah. in a way that is a true love letter, and that's awesome to get to be part of for a weekend. I was going to say I'm not big into the cosplay scene, but I know you had a couple of I want to say fairly well-known cosplayers from the area that were there last year. Plus, you had. What there was a Star Trek group, there was a Halo group, there were Star folks Wars. from the five hundred first, yeah, and uh, Rebel Legion there. Ghostbusters, plus ton, Ghostbusters. yeah, Ghostbusters. Plus there were ton of just people wandering around in costumes that apparently just dressed up to come to the show. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. You know, the the five hundred first guys, or actually Rebel Legion guys, brought their full like full scale motorized R two unit, which was pretty darn cool in my opinion yeah and i actually have people reach out to me after the show and be like man where did where did this r2 unit come from and how do i get them at my bar mitzvah bat mitzvah you know um confirmation party graduation party i'm like well hold on it's a charitable organization let me reach out and see what i could do uh, yeah but like that, that kind of stuff's awesome because like i mean i posed for a picture with the droid because i thought it was awesome you know 
you don't see that kind of stuff very often. I went to Disney and I didn't see an R2 unit rolling around Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we actually, well, we were doing the panel we did last year. We got to witness a stormtrooper help a little girl pick up her candy. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite an experience. <laughs> Things you only get to see at a gaming convention. <laughs> right. Well, I wanted to ask, you'd mentioned Starport. Is that the same Starport out of Morgantown, West Virginia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, have to is. go pay them a visit. They're about 10 minutes from my house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I got to go talk to some people. <laughs> yeah, Chris Myers is uh, either the owner, the owner or one of the owners. Sorry, Chris, okay. if you're listening. Um, and he is huge in the arcade scene. And he's got he's involved in a couple different arcades. But I know Starport is probably his largest operation. And he's been a huge supporter of the show ever since we pretty much launched it in 20. Well, it was supposed to be 2020. But when the show finally got off the ground post-COVID, you know, 2021, yeah, we had needed to fill a void in the show because the entity we were going to partner with was no longer able to fulfill that obligation due to what COVID did to everything. And we sat down and we talked with Chris and he goes, yeah, we can make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. And he supported, he supported the show. This will be his third year now involved in the show and uh, his third year involved in the show. And, and it he, like, he brings a very sizable chunk of what's on that show floor that you enjoy the pinball and the arcades. And then they kind of partner, he kind of teams up with, with the members of pack who, which is run by Mike Huff and they work together to help us create a vision for when we with the show floor, the, the, the arcade floor to look like, but yeah, I mean, Starport, absolutely. They're local. And I know he's got that, that location. I believe he has another one. I'm sorry. I'm doing a terrible job plugging him but yeah he's somebody who cares about very deeply about what's going on with the local scene um so yeah i would strongly encourage you to check him out we should be over a hundred arcade and pinball this year machines oh wow wow Wow. and like just add like some of these arcade machines you know they're not just the classic old single you know stand up like there was a couple there last year i remember the i want to say the double width you know two player sit in the cabinet Mm -hmm. things like it's not just little stuff there's lots of and what's wild about what's wild about those are some of those are brought by community members and we don't help them get them there we basically tell them hey bring an arcade cabinet you get in for the shit for the weekend and every machine you bring you get to bring an additional person with you and if you sell the machine so long as it stays on the show floor running for the entire weekend, we don't care if you sell it. Like you're, they're allowed to do that. It's a swap meet type deal. Okay, so you've got that going on behind the scenes too. Exactly, and they'll they'll mark their they'll label their machines. I don't want to say every machine on the floor is for sale, but you know, money talks. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a very car possibly. Show. You know, you bring your fanciest car to the to the car show. Some of these guys have like really cool, rare, special arcade games that they're bringing just to show off. And you could have a really cool inter, uh, a synergistic experience with around that too. So one of the guests that we had at the show last year, who we are actually going to have again this year, is Paul Niemeyer. And a lot of people know him for being one of the original concept artists for elements of the Mortal Kombat cabinet, the original Mortal Kombat cabinet. What they don't know, because he's not as well known for it, but we hope to change that, is he's involved in a bunch of other machines 
art design. And one of them is Tron, which is an amazing machine if you've ever seen it. And if you've never oh, yeah. seen it, you should see it. And uh, yeah, so he will be there. And maybe you could buy that Tron off of whoever owns it and then ask Paul Niemeyer to sign the marquee for you. You know, I mean, where else are you going to get the opportunity to do that all in one go? You know, I'm not making any promises you'll be able to buy the machine if you see it there, but you know, the opportunity might exist. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like I said, it was it was kind of, I mean, for me anyway, it was a little shocking just to see it all last year, and and you know, sounds like you're going to have about double the double or triple the arcade space, so that should be really exciting. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that I'm, was the mandate by them. Whenever we told them, like, "Hey, guys, this this the footprint we're going to allow you to have this year." Like, all right, it's hundred machines then. I, was like, well, <laughs> I mean, we could leave room for other stuff. It's like, no, it's a hundred machines. Yeah, we like, got okay. uh, Tim Kitzrow coming, who is the voice actor for NBA Jam. I saw uh, that. That's cool. So you That's can so cool. your picture taken with him next to his arcade machine, or you know, maybe maybe he'll want to. There, do commentary on someone's game or something. It could be cool, you know. Yeah, and we're gonna have NBA Jam on the show floor. Like we made sure we lined that up. We tried to do it with Mortal Kombat last year. We couldn't make it happen. Those things are harder to find than you think. But we had we tried there. But this year we know we're going to have NBA Jam there, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna have NFL Blitz there too. And if I'm not mistaken, Tim does the play by play on NFL Blitz as well. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't already excited, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so just because obviously it's more of what maybe most of our listeners are doing, the tabletop side of things. Um, I know you've got our friend Alex Thomas coming back. Who else do you have on the tabletop side of things? I know there were a couple other people we were trying to help you get lined up and through their scheduling, whatever didn't work. But yeah, no. Hey, I. I appreciate that, though. I really do. Because trust me, we're going to stay on that list. We're going to get those people. So long as the show continues to exist, I'm going to continue to work on those. And earlier this year, <laughs> like try to get to it earlier. Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad you asked about that because I'm actually really excited about some of the tabletop people that we have. They're social media, you know, content creators, influencers, and some of them are published as well. And yeah, so we have Alex Thomas is coming back to the show. We have Todd Smith, Toddy Smith, who is an artist who's worked on some tabletop products as well. We are also bringing two new guests from outside of the Pittsburgh region to the show. Uh, the first one is Baron Derop of Dungeon Masterpiece. And I don't know if you ever watched his show on YouTube or whatnot, but he is excellent. He does a deep dive into game mechanics and Dungeon Master, Game Master, like inspiration you know, fuel, things like that. And how, you know, just he breaks it down in a way that I can't even really even explain well how he breaks it down, but I watch him to run my games. And uh, we were able to bring him in. Uh, he's from well out of state uh, and he was really excited about the show. Uh, so we're bringing him in. He's doing three panels. Uh, nice. he, he, the first thing he said to me is, I don't want to run any games. because it It'll chew up too much of my time, but I would like to run three panels. And I would like to like record them you know, for whatever purposes. So he's going to do live recordings of the show, Dory PGX, and he's going to uh, bring his flair to to the show. And it's, it's something I'm really looking forward to. The other guest that we're bringing to the show is Bob World Builder of Bob World Builder. 
and Grace World Destroyer, also Bob World Builder. And they're also a couple of folks who I watch. I consume their content on social media to help me run better games. Bob World Builder has recently inspired me to give Dungeon Crawl Classics a shot. And, you know, it's awesome that we've been able to expand the show to the point where now we can start to bring in industry influencers and published, you know, content creators, authors like Alex to get to sit down and talk with people about the industry mm-hmm. or, you know, just about well, like the content that they create or whatnot. Um, and we're not just viewed as a video game show. And a big part mm-hmm. of that's thanks to you guys, because we really don't want it to just be viewed as that video game show level up podcast plug them on your podcast sorry if that's faux pas uh scott but, no 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 scott and pat are cool people yeah mm-hmm. scott scott and pat they did interviews during the recap of pgx 2022 and that was one of the things that pat talked about in his recap was he was like oh yeah it's the it's the retro video game show and then he got there and he was like wait oh this is not a retro video game show this is a gaming show and mm-hmm. There's a there's a serious tabletop element to this show that needs to be recognized. And yeah, he actually gives the tagline quote to the end of that trailer. Uh, I love it. I could sit there and listen to it on repeat. It says I could spend a month here. Yeah. And he's not wrong. I mean, there's so much tabletop RPG content smashed into the show. And now with the guests that we're bringing in, we're just expanding upon that. And I already have a list of individuals that I've spoken to and couldn't mm-hmm. make it happen this year. And that if this year goes off really, really well, they are like one of some of the first people I'm talking to uh, cool. in, for 2024. I don't want to, you know, spill any beans uh, mm-hmm. prematurely, obviously, but uh, there's some people that I'm really, really excited for. And they're on my bucket list. Uh, <laughs> I'm a really busy guy. I don't get to travel to shows. So some of these people are people that shows that I would love to meet. And well, I can't get to where they are because mm-hmm. I don't have time, but maybe I can get them to come to Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. Well, like it was just, it was so cool. And then just to meet other local gamers, you know, and vendor wise, I mean, you had a ton of people with assorted video game and gaming stuff is the best way to say it. Right. I mean, you, you had a bunch of people selling older video games, but there were people with consoles. There were people with, for lack of a better word, those cool video game toys uh just you know stuff video gaming adjacent stuff like various art things you know you had a couple people there that published their own games and were you know displaying them so it's a little bit of everything yeah i mean we've got some we've got some absolutely beloved developers in pittsburgh um or pittsburgh you know, they're, they're, they're Pittsburgh adjacent or they just love Pittsburgh, like Tunnel Monster Games coming back again this year. They really loved the show and were, you know, really, really enamored with, you know, even though it's it's a smaller show by all, all stretch of the imagination when you compare it to things like PAX Unplugged and Gen Con and Origins, whatnot. Sure, it's a, it's a smaller show, but that's not necessarily a disadvantage because those larger shows are dominated by larger brands. And so for local developers, this gives them an opportunity to meet people because the attendee pool is not local purely like you're getting international Mm -hmm. and some, you know, national travel for people to come to the show. So tunnel monster games, they really love that element. Larry wick, 
with uh, Gamewick, Pittsburgh uh, 68. I think that's it. I always screw up the numbers on the back end of it. But yeah, he uh, he was right away, you know, when we were sitting down on Saturday night, the first night of the show, he's like, I'm coming back. Like, I don't normally tell showrunners that immediately, but I loved your show. It's a good fit for what I do because I do a zombie thing and you're in zombie land and I want to come back. So mm-hmm. he's coming back and he's got a new project that I really, really hope that he has ready for convention time that he can demo and show off to folks. He told me a little bit about it, but I don't want to spill the beans for him. So I'm going to keep my trap shut on that, but uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, I mean, you know, be able to sit down and actually sit and talk with an, ex- with a developer of a game, whether it be a video game or a tabletop game is a really cool experience. And some of the things you suggest might even end up in their game or their next po- project. Well, and see, like, that's something I can say, just, you know, you're talking about that with these developers and, and creators, right? Because of what we do here on the podcast, and I guess we're creators in our own right, but we get to talk to lots of different game designers and creators and developers and whatever. And the thing that has struck me with every one of them is, and I'm sure you, Brian, having you know been around games, you used to think about, oh, these people that write these books must be amazing, awesome, these mystical people that live somewhere in this, you know, whatever. And then we get to talk to them and it's like, oh no, they're just normal nerds like us. Like every bit of it. Like, yeah. And it's all hustle and grind for them. You know, I mean, it really is like they can't, you know, this, these are not self sustaining business ventures for them in that maybe that's all they do for a little bit. No, very much like PGX is for us. It's a thing that they do alongside of everything else that they do. Right. And in many cases it is. And the the few that are lucky enough to be quote unquote full-time often have either multiple things they're, you know, working on or like uh, some of them have gone into, you know, game design education to supplement things. But it's just amazing. You know, the, the little side conversations we'll get into, like after we turn the recordings off with some of these people about, you know, whatever. And it's like, I didn't expect that to come out of, you know, but yeah, they're just, they're, they are, they're such cool, normal people. So, all right. Tabletop, video games, cosplay. And then, oh, that's right. It's also basically a day long concert event. <laughs> yep. I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let Colt talk about this because this is Colt's baby. This is his part of the show that he fights tooth and nail for with me to approve budgets and everything like that every year. So I'm going to shut up. Yeah, people in bands, uh, you know, that's that's a good chunk of the budget, but it's also like one of the more entertaining aspects of the show is getting to come listen to some nerdy band play video game related music. And we tried to take a vision from shows like Magfest and like Too Many Games where it's all the different aspects of video game culture, but kind of compartmentalizing it into like a smaller show because we're not we're not 15 20 thousand attendees size show you know but we're getting some really cool bands coming that are filling all different aspects of the video game area like last year we had master sword who was just a power metal band who sang about the legend of zelda you know um this year we're getting like bands like knight of the round who is all final fantasy themed music you know, just all, all kind of different stuff. We have a good lineup this year. We have a mix of like 
rock and synth wave and pop and metal and trying to blend it all together into like one cool day long event. And this year we're trying to space it out too. I know like there was sometimes last last year we had like panels going on at the same time as like bands and we're staggering them this year so that they're not overlapping with each other. So long as we can. Yeah. Because we're getting actually pretty uh pretty aggressive uh support from the community where we may not be able to do that. So anybody <laughs> who listens to this now make show show up for the convention like what do you mean this band's overlapped as long as we can but we don't want to turn panels away either so yeah the uh the entire area last year where the arcade and the game lounge was is basically going to be one big show for for the stage and bands and music okay that's cool and that'll let you also kind of compartmentalize the noise a little bit mm-hmm. you know not to, like i said i don't mean to to say that that it was bad because it was good music it was just sometimes you were trying to do other things and it was just made it a little hard to communicate but like you said you've addressed that so yeah we we basically we don't know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) it's a guinea pig experience every single time we're like maybe this will work i don't know maybe we maybe if we point the speakers trial and error of the building (laughs) well but i mean look yeah, you know, even as a podcaster, there you, know, you can look up all the stuff you want about the technical this, that, and everything. If you aim the mic this way and put this thing over here and whatever, and it sounds like crap. And you just hang a bunch of random crap around, and all of a sudden it sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you said, it is trial and error. Despite the science that can go into it, you're you're dealing with. Plus, you have the variable of how many bodies are in the room that yeah. really affects your noise levels. Yeah. Who who all do we have on the lineup this year for the for the music? I always forget one. Um, the lineup for the the bands this year is um, a band called Thrill Killer. They're like uh, like a synthwave pop band. We have uh, Psycho Stick, which we were talking about earlier. There's, they're just silly, funny, random. I don't even know what genre I would put them in. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like metal. Like it's kind yeah, of they, metal. It's comedy yeah. metal, I guess. They sort of fall into that comedy metal band. They're they're like the go-to comedy metal band in a lot yeah. of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Numbers the, is hilarious. Oh, oh, yeah. That band is hilarious. And I've heard nothing but good things about those people. I just remember, uh, you know, like E-Bombs World and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the websites, they would always have like those cartoons and they had like the let's go drink some beer yep. video. That was Psycho Stick back in the day. <laughs> um we have a a group called Gunderslam, which is uh, a bunch of people from different bands that come together for this one project, and they do like video game related metal music. Um, Lame Genie, they're a lot of fun. They're a party metal video game band, and uh, we did have another band, but they just dropped off. But then we have Essinger coming, who's like a a really big up and coming synthwave artist. It's like pop synthwave, and he he's huge now he's getting really big and i've seen it i think yes check the other day he has like 400 and some thousand monthly listeners on spotify nice i'm excited about essinger i'm excited about all of them but i'm excited about essinger because they just randomly pop up in my playlist like (laughs) on spotify like i won't even be like looking for essinger i'll be listening to something like random like dave matthews band and then Essinger will pop up eventually in, in the rotation. Yeah, it's just like based on you know music that I might like and things like that. So I think with Psycho Stick, 
Yeah, our sound guy went out and got a few new bass speakers because he knew we were re- going to be heavy on the synth wave this year. So he wanted to make sure that it sounded sounded good. So he, he's we definitely up in the production on the stage side of things a lot, which is why we move things around so that there would be more space for the sound and the volume to try to not have it overpower any one part of the show. But it's going to be right next to the arcade this time again, but in a separate room. So if you're playing some arcade or some video games or whatnot, you'll have the music playing. But if you're over on the vendor hall or over where tabletop's going to be or anything, it's not going to be blaringly in your face. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I, I don't even know, you know, what, jeez, because I know I'm, I've already signed up to run at least one game. There, there, there are so many games scheduled for this year. I, that's the, that's the thing as this show grows, I find it's hard like to pinpoint exactly what the one thing is that I'm excited about, about it, you know, and if I don't have a clear objective, when I start talking about it, I just kind of go all over the place. But yeah, I mean like, Hey, you've signed up to run a game, which on the list that I have in front of me, I don't know which one of these is yours, but like we have people running Havoc Blade, Mutants and Masterminds. There's some 5e getting run because it's still the most popular system, even though we had uh, OGL Gate uh, this year. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we still have some 5e getting run. The guys, uh, Pat and Scott, they're running, you know, a board game thing where they're going to be running multiple games. Savage Worlds, G.I. Joe, Bubble Gumshoe, Havoc Brigade, again, uh, Tiny Dungeon 2E, Star Wars, Feng Shui 2. Yeah, I mean, there's just a t- uh, Call of Cthulhu, Mutants and Masterminds. Yeah, it- it's hard to nail down one thing. Like, you kind of got to come to the show and be like, either I've got a very specific plan mm-hmm. or I'm just going to kind of walk in and let it wash over me. Wherever <laughs> I end up, I end up. We had people, we had, we had a tabletop, or we had a video game influencer last year who had never played tabletop games end up playing their first tabletop RPG. <laughs> and then I saw them on social media months after the show saying, wow, I really enjoyed that at PGX. Uh, I've, are there any local games in Texas? Uh, because we, I would really like to continue playing tabletop. And same thing with you, Steve. You said, like, I mean, obviously you run a tabletop podcast, but mm-hmm. you said you spent a ton of time in the arcade. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's where I spend a lot of my time because I love tabletop and I love your con for tabletop. But man, I am a sucker for arcade games and I'm a sucker well, for old video games and just hanging out and being there was where I wanted to be most of the time. Yeah, and that's also part of the reason why we kept the arcade close to the music to get to get, bring back to the music a bit. It's really, really cool being able to listen to like live music while playing old school games, oh, or maybe yeah. even new school games. And that that sound is going to kind of like waft out of the concert hall into the arcade, and so you'll get to enjoy both. But if you like really like, I've never seen Essinger live, and I want to see them, I want to be there in that moment. You can now do that without competing with the arcade backdrop of sound. Mm-hmm. So you can have a more pure experience with the music. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So, all right, all this big awesomeness, what's it going to set people back to get into place? Just because I know people are going to be wondering that. Yeah. So right now, if you buy your badges right now, we always run a discount promo leading up to the days of the show. Mm-hmm. and the Leading up to the days of the show, right now, if you buy your badge for the weekend, for the entire weekend, 
And I challenge anyone listening to this uh, to go and look at any other shows within an hour drive of Pittsburgh that offer everything that PGX offers and see if you would get it at this price. For the weekend, you get in for 35 bucks. And if you have kids, I have kids, Colt has a daughter, we understand kids make everything so much more expensive. And with the way things went up this year with inflation, we couldn't reduce costs. We couldn't reduce badge costs. Those went up from last year. $35 is an increase for us if you pre-buy. It goes up the, the weekend of the show. I want to say it goes up $10 a badge the weekend of the show to $45 for the whole weekend. Man, that is killer. If you have children really 12 is. and under, 12 and under, with a legal guardian, that $35 badge gets three of you in. Gets two kids 12 and under in for free, and it gets the adult, the legal guardian in for free as well. I mean, I can't even take my kids to the movies for 35 bucks. No, no, no. And, and that's a whole weekend. Yeah, that's all the bands, all the games, you know, coming to play any of the tabletop that you want. Because we have the whole uh, library that you can just go check out a game and sit down and play it if you want. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's, you know, well, yeah, one of your, I guess he's one of your vendors, sponsors of the show, local game shop, brings his in-store game library in, which is the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil Game Masters. Phil Game Masters, mad love for Phil. When we started talking about this, he goes, you know what? I really like what you guys are doing, and I want to help make it better. So I will loan whatever you want of my in-store free-to-play library to the show. So yeah, that's all part of that package. And then the, the, that's just the weekend price for 35 bucks. You have a Saturday price. You have a Sunday price. Saturday is $25, and then Sunday is $20. And guess what? Mm-hmm. If you buy a Sunday or Saturday badge, you're still getting two kids in for free that are 12 and under. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not holding that. Maybe we're insane. Maybe we should reevaluate this. <laughs> but I know how hard it is as, as a parent. We both do to take kids to something. Mm-hmm. And to me, like I said earlier, one of the most enriching enriching things I take away from this is seeing like people I know with their kids having that moment of like sharing their childhood or their nostalgia with. So mm-hmm. that was the adjustment we made this year. Even though prices went up, we increased the free admission age from 10 years of age and under to 12. Okay. So if your kid would have aged out this year, if they were 10, and maybe maybe that became cost prohibitive for you and you couldn't go to the go to a convention now, well guess what? We got you. We're going to make sure that you can get you and your family into the show as economically as possible while staying afloat okay but to get those discounts you gotta buy your badges online now i can't stress that enough dates am i correct in saying because i just realized we haven't even mentioned the dates while we've been talking about this for close to an hour it's uh september 30th and october 1st correct yes september 30th october 1st saturday runs from 11 a.m until about 11 30 midnight ish but really like 11 11 30 and you can come and go you got your badge on you can come and go. The hotel, we've partnered with the Doubletree Monroeville that's right there walking distance. This is last year's badge. Yeah, and they're great. We're going to, yeah, we'll have them again this year. But yeah, the hotel's right there. So like yeah, I, from 11 to 12 is a long day. It's a really long day for 35 bucks if you're doing it both days. <laughs> but it's worth it. You can go back to the hotel and, and chill out for a little bit and then come back. And the hotel room rates are really reasonable. I managed to, you know, we managed through our, you know, our talks with them to explain, hey, we're still a growing show. 
we don't want to become too cost prohibitive. We want everybody to do well with this. They only increased lodging on, on our group rate by three dollars. So I think That's last great. year it was one hundred nine dollars a night. Now it's one hundred. That's I mean, so considering awesome. what everything else has gone up. Exactly. So we're really, really fighting tooth and nail. And we're doing this thing on a shoestring budget. Like we really are. So that's like the biggest thing I think we could stress here is we're keeping it reasonable. We're keeping it jam-packed with quality. And we want people to come and have a good time. And we plan on keeping it like this, you know, as as cheap as we possibly can because it's it's all about the community. You know, we, we do this for, for the city and we want everybody to come and have a good time. And not yeah, and have to break their break their bank to, to do it. Yeah, and if you're not from Pittsburgh, uh, travel is expensive. You know, uh, gas is expensive. Getting places, feeding the little people that you're going to bring to the convention is expensive. So we want you to like, even if you're coming from a distance, we want you to feel like you're comfortable enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, come take a weekend and stay at the hotel and hang out at the convention all weekend. And they've got a hotel restaurant there. There's food at the venue. You know, there's stuff to do around nearby. Make it a long weekend. You know, mm-hmm. come come into the sh- come to PGX on the 30th and the first, and you know maybe check out Pittsburgh for the first time. You know, if you've never actually explored the city, you could do that. You know, there's plenty of stuff to do around. Buying the badge for the weekend isn't like, well, that's all I had allocated for the entire trip. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you you buy your badges. You might have to buy a couple. You know, parents, you've got two parents, you have to buy. You know, $70 worth of badges. And if all your kids are 12 or under, they're all, you know, and there's only four of them. They're only getting them for free. They're all getting them for free. So that's, yeah. you know, you're getting a family of six in for 70 bucks. Yeah. If you buy your badges online. That's cheap, really. And yeah. I will just add too, just, you know, for, again, for people who aren't familiar with the area, the, the hotel they're speaking of basically shares a parking lot with the convention center. It's not even like getting your car and drive, you know, across the parking lot. It's, Easy walking distance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I stay there the whole weekend. Like, you know, I, I check in on Friday and I don't leave until this year. I'm not leaving until like Monday uh, after mm-hmm. show tear down and everything's done. It's, it's super convenient. Um, we wish it were connected. It's not, but it, it might as well be. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's as close as you can get without being really. And, and where they can find these badges at. So our website is pittsburghgamingexpo.com. That is a redirect. It's something we're going to fix here in the future. Uh, we've just been so busy cramming as much into the show as we can that we haven't done little housekeeping things like that. Uh, so it'll redirect you to pghretrogaming.com, but you could just put in pittsburghgamingexpo.com. That'll bring you to the website. Um, we are gradually making updates to it as we go. The schedule isn't up there yet or anything because we're a small team and you know everybody's stretched to the max on this thing. So Updates will come out as we are abundantly confident that they are not going to change because we don't want to have to redact information in a bunch of different places and maybe miss something or continually change it when that's time that we could be spending making the show better uh, mm-hmm. while you're there. So, um, yeah. So the bands are announced on there. We've begun to announce some of our guests from this year. And, uh, you know, by tickets, you can pre order shirts. Um, we're doing a cool uh, design this year that's not just like the regular Pittsburgh Gaming Expo design. We had a one of our featured cosplayers actually designed a, a like a Mega Man type uh, logo design for us this year that you can pre-order when you buy your tickets as well. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I don't even think we mentioned all the guests that we've announced yet. Like, <laughs> there's just so much to this this year that it's like we have some returning guests, like Paul Meyer. One that I'm actually really, really happy about. I've been talking to this gentleman for years, trying to get into the show, is John Riggs of Rig Gaming. So if you follow like Metal Jesus and that crew, you know, John Riggs, uh, he's out of Yakima, Washington. So getting him to Pittsburgh is no mean feat. Uh, <laughs> you know, there are not a whole lot of direct flights. <laughs> and you ain't walking. So yeah, we brought him in this year. John Riggs is going to be on hand at the show. We mentioned Ted Ketro. Baron Durop, we mentioned Paul Niemeyer, we mentioned Mr. Rightway, Steve, yeah, Steve Wright. Yeah, this I'm going to rename the show the Pittsburgh Steve Expo because we have so many Steves involved <laughs> in the show. Um, yeah, and like, it's not just you two and uh, Mr. Rightway, like, there's more Steves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Mr. Rightway, he's going to be returning, Alex Thomas is coming back, and uh, obviously, we have you guys, and we have more guests that we haven't even announced yet that are going to be at the show. Um, once we get their marketing material done, uh, we're going to make those announcements. So we're working on those final details. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's more, more of everything. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. awesome. I am yeah. so happy to hear it. I'm going to say, folks, you know, if you can make it, it is a fun time. Like Brian said, it's super affordable aside from it being on the other side of Pittsburgh from the airport, but that's because Pittsburgh is weird that way. <laughs> Everything is on the other side of Pittsburgh from the airport. It's not even that hard to get there. It's not. It's no. really not. Uh, and if you're, if you're a tabletop gamer, one of the big pieces of feedback that we got last year, other than the music element of it was the scheduling for tabletop RPGs. And we're doing our best because we did get quite a bit of turnout from our alumni game masters for previous years we always give them first crack at coming back we actually consolidated the schedule a little bit in that like last year what what time did we start Steve? we started at like 11 a.m on on saturday or something like pretty much when the doors opened yeah, yeah. I, I want to say the first games happened at like eleven thirty, right after doors open, and it was right. I, I mean, <laughs> I had one of those yes. games, so <laughs> yeah, I did. I did also. <laughs> and, and your and and part of the th- logic behind that was we wanted you guys to get freed up as quick as you could, so that you right. could enjoy the show. Right. It, it, I mean, it did accomplish that. It didn't necessarily accomplish significant engagement with the game. And so for that, I apologize. And what we've done this year is I'm just looking at the Saturday schedule right now, the back end, and we expanded the number of tables that we have. So like last year, we had 12, 16, maybe. We have 25 tables dedicated just to scheduled tabletop RPGs. And we chunked them out into four-hour blocks like we've done in the past, but we have two brackets that kind of overlap. The first bracket of games starts at 2 p.m. on Saturday, and that's about nine tables worth of games. And then the next bracket of games starts at 4 p.m. And then we have another bracket that starts at 6 p.m. And then the final bracket that starts at 8 p.m. So we saw a lot of people playing games later into the evening, but not a lot of people wanted to engage with the content really early in the show. So this way it allows people a few hours walk around enjoy the show and then go find some games that they can play mm-hmm. in now granted you're not going to get to be able to 
be able to play in everything. I mean, that's not realistic anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you could play in if all you wanted to do is come to PGX. And while I don't necessarily know that I would do this myself because there's so much stuff to do, you could show up at 11 o'clock on Saturday and meander around the show floor until two o'clock or four o'clock and still get to play in eight hours of tabletop RPG potentially mm-hmm. because of how the blocks are staggered. And then Sunday's a little bit more tricky for us because it is a shorter show. It only runs from 11 to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's only really one block. But what's nice about that one block is uh, we have almost all the tables allocated. So we don't want to overdo it because we don't want like too many games and not enough players. But I, we're hoping we hit a, a better balance this year of you know people engaging with scheduled free RPG content. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only negative, but it's also positive to that is if you prep a game and nobody sh- shows up to play your game after a reasonable amount of time you're off the hook and you got into the show at no cost because we comp all of our game masters. If you get selected, you get into the show. We got something special lined up potentially for the game masters this year too. Yeah. We're trying to do a little bit extra because you know, we're just rolling in the, in in the box. (laughs) So we want to, we want to spread that capital as thin as possible. So we are, we're going to dig in and we're going to try and give our GM something a little special to walk away with. Hopefully we can make it happen. Well, that sounds. Look, I was coming anyway, so I mean, you don't have to sell me, but <laughs> uh, I, I would really, like I said, you know, anybody who's out there listening, um, you know, those out in, in in Gamer Nation, you know, other parts of you know our radio, our Gamer Nation radio network here, you know, this is a fun little show. You know, come out, have some fun. You know, I intend to uh, to rock. A very easy to find shirt. So if you're looking for me, just look for the the short fat guy in a Van Halen print Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and uh, I, I'll probably be the only one there. Are you two wearing your trademark garb this year as well? Yeah, I'll like, be yes. clad in my Pac-Man blazer. And yeah, Colts, yours, yours is what Tetris. Tetris, and yeah, yeah. We we make quite the uh, the pair. <laughs> next to each other uh you will be scrambling around like madmen mm-hmm. uh all over the show floor in those jackets so uh we actually the first year we did the show one of our staff one of our volunteer staff showed up wearing one of those and i was like oh no no no, no. That, that's not gonna happen yeah there's only two people in this show that get to wear these and trust me you don't want to be the guy wearing this jacket because we catch it all but yeah and one thing i didn't want to forget is uh Regarding like tabletop sessions, we are still taking applications. I'm not sure when you guys are going to air this, but as of right now, we still. Okay. So Tuesday, today is the uh, 19th of July. So uh, the next Tuesday is going to be, we should still be taking submissions. The 25th. 25th of July. Yeah. We're still taking submissions for that. My goal is not to maybe necessarily fill the schedule because I want there to be a good balance. But if the demand is there, yeah, we'll do what we can. And if the quality, if the submissions are quality, I think that's key. Like they've got to be like, you know, something people want to play, but they don't have to be works of Shakespeare by <laughs> any any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but they they have to be fun, engaging, thoughtful submissions. And I really want to make this the year of the non mega game publisher. Uh, you know, when everything went down earlier this year, I I, I kind of felt it 
that that was my mandate was to give a voice and a platform to smaller games or maybe not even smaller games but less played games so if there's something you want to run please send us a submission you can go to the, the website pittsburghgamingexpo.com and find the uh game master submission page and just send us a submission and we'll get you into the schedule wherever the openings are and we'll get back to you within probably the next month or so um, we are going to be closing those down because we do have to start to finalize our schedule but if we get openings which does sometimes happen we'll get game masters who will not be able to attend and they'll let us know in advance we'll open up their time slot if we have enough in advance notice and we'll go to our wait list just like we do with our exhibitors um, mm-hmm. or with our panel submissions as well uh, we'll let you know we'll try to fill that back that that opening but it's a way to get into the show for free and you bring something cool to the community and maybe you find a table or maybe you find players for your table for your home game maybe you find a new game that you want to play um i think it's a really cool opportunity and you get to you get to run whatever you want pretty much you know mm-hmm. uh you could run Morkborg or alien rpg or uh cyborg or ezd6 or index card rpg it's kind of like a um, a juiced up free free rpg day in a yeah. lot of ways yeah 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 i need to get my submission in i just finalized my game i don't think you're are you you're not running hell knight steve are you no you're running havoc brigade Brigade. so i have by the way uh, go ahead no i have on the back burner this really awesome and have been wanting to play it for a while now it's a uh how do i describe it heavy metal biker from hell rpg 80s sounds rad heavy metal doom biker game I was actually yeah. going to run it last year, but the prints didn't come out, and then people didn't sign up. So, but yeah, I'll be it's uh, a cool looking game. I'll be hoping to run that if I can get in the schedule. But when early submission came out, I was on the like I was in between some life stuff and was like, I don't even know if I can make it this year. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that you're going to be able to make it. Yeah, now that we're in July, I'm like, I'm definitely going to make it. I got to get my shit in gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I think another part of the conversation that we often overlook because we're kind of like mired in this hobby so much already is the casual attendee who's never played tabletop RPGs. Don't allow this to be something that intimidates you. Right. You want people to get exposure to the hobby through this. So everyone who's running a game at the convention understands that somebody might sit down at their table and does not know what a polyhedral is. And if I'm talking to new people, which are not likely on here, but if you if you listen to this podcast and you have friends that you want to expose the tabletop gaming or you're a game master and you want to expose your friends to new tabletop games, get them to come into the show and get them to sit down and play. That was one of the most enriching. I kind of got to experience like a bite of the show this year at free RPG day. That's why I brought it up at Phil's uh, game masters, Pittsburgh in Westview. He did a really good free RPG day this year where he, they had, he had a bunch of tables running different things. None of them were Dungeons and Dragons. So a lot of them were kind of like Dungeons and Dragons akin, um, or and some of them were totally different. I got to sit down as somebody who's a forever GM and I got to play cyberpunk red. I got to play alien. And I got to play Transformers G.I. Joe. I never get to play those games. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure we have at least one four-hour session of each of those running in the schedule this year. So 
If you want to play these kinds of games, but you don't have a table to play them with, or your table doesn't want to play them, this is an opportunity for you to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll actually get Colt to play a tabletop RPG this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not likely. We're so busy, <laughs> but it's always my goal to try to get him to sit hey, down. Man, and play. You had me at the uh, heavy metal bikers game. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, it's sitting somewhere around here. I know well, I have. I I'm got pretty sure if book. Steve's free, he'll be there at that one too. So, <laughs> yeah. And and the thing I'll say about that cult is, if you're interested and you have time, I'm very willing and able to teach new players how to play the games. And you know, Steve knows I'm one of the. Well, I'm, we're both good people with with new players. Well, and I'll say this too: the Hell Knight you're talking about specifically, yes, is one of those games. Do not be intimidated about. Oh, I got to learn a new system. The system no. for Hell Knight is two d six. Yes, that's it's it. about as light as it can be. It's you Monopoly. Know. Well, Monopoly is more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Think uh, Monopoly meets a Rob Zombie video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm so excited. You guys have no clue. I love this convention. I I fell in love with it last year, and I am so excited to be back. That does my heart good to hear that. It really does. And Havoc Brigade, which I signed up to run, is. Oh, it, it is exactly what you'd think from the name, right? It's it's just, it's this game where the idea is, and, and Brian, you'll understand this, you know, all the crazy ideas your party comes up with and then goes, nah, we probably shouldn't. That's what you're supposed to do in Havoc Brigade. <laughs> and you play as orcs trying to infiltrate a city. But one of the, and it's, it's, it's designed as a convention one-shot game. So it's a super simple system, just D6s you know, fistfuls of them. And I think you're trying to get a four or better, just how many dice you can get four or over. One of the, the pre-generated characters is six goblins. You play all <laughs> six goblins. In a trench coat. <laughs> well, you know, the last time I ran this game, the players started off by, well, how are we going to get into the city? I know. We'll go owl bear hunting and we'll take the skins of the owl bears and we'll do like a Trojan horse as us as trained circus owlbears. <laughs> That's where the it game got, started. It, it kind of reminds me of a goblin quest. Yes. Yeah, it has that kind of same feel. Um, yeah. Well, to tell a story from last year, I played in probably one of the best Cyberpunk 2020 games I've played in in a long time at PGX. And it was such a phenomenal game on a Saturday night. And it was that like last session of the evening type game. And it was just bonkers. It was brutal and fun and everything that that system does. And I am so excited. And I'm glad see, that's the kind of feedback I love to hear because we almost cut the late games. Oh no, year. don't cut the late games. The late games are the yeah. best ones. So I'm telling so you, are, I'm telling keeping you, them. yeah, you can play up until the to show close. Yeah, well, you were doing that. I was trying to not get any eaten by Ewoks with one of your volunteers. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to um, talk too inside baseball, but we went to another convention this year uh, down in Texas for our podcast network. And I will say that that late night game where everybody is loosened up and relaxed and and just there to have a good time and doesn't care about, you know, the only thing we have to do is be out of here when the con closes. That is the best type of game. That is mm -hmm. that is the best game of the evening and hands down the best time slot. <laughs> yeah, and by that point, like, you know, the way we have the med the music 
slotted this year. The music will actually end a little bit before, I believe, the, the, the tabletop sessions will. The right, music Col- should be ending at like 10. Okay. So, so you still have like an hour and a half, two hours of gaming to do. Yeah, the vendors will be probably closed down for the last sessions or they'll be closing down. The music will be winding down. And yeah, just you can just bask in that. Uh, the, the ta- we want the last thing that everybody does when they leave the show to be playing a game. If they, if they le- leave at the end of the night, either leaving the arcade or leaving the tabletop area and coming back to do it the next day. Just to speak on the arcade thing, too. That's such an awesome feeling. It feels like you shut the arcade down, right? Like, it, it's it's that old school feeling of like, oh, man, I showed up at the arcade at 11 o'clock and I was there until I shut the place down. Yeah. And that's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the beauty of it is you can have a laundry list of like, look, I didn't get to play this, this or this on right. Saturday, but I can go back on Sunday and play and, and not have to pay again if you got the weekend badge and, and, and knock out those things that you didn't get to play. So yeah, that that's one of the coolest things about it is it, it, it's not like, Oh, well I happened across an arcade somewhere. I have 35 minutes to explore it. And then, you know, hopefully no, you have back. two days of awesomeness happening at the Monroeville convention center. Mm-hmm. And we were even in talks of maybe in the future, expanding the amount of days too. Every time the show does well, we expand the show in some way. And this year, the major expansion was to the North Hall in conjunction with the South Hall for the total venue. Mm-hmm. And for next year, the community, you'll tell us, right? I guess that's yeah. our mandate to you. You tell us how big of a show you want, and we'll know by the support of the show. And honestly, like uh, it seems odd. Why would we want you to buy your badges at a cheaper price when we can charge you more at the door? Because it lets us know in advance how strong the show is. It allows us to be bold in our planning of the show and take risks to bring in guests, to bring in bands. I mean, heck, expanding to the whole venue this year is a risk, you know, because the show exists by virtue of the support of the community. Like there's there's sponsorships and we love our sponsors, but we don't have massive sponsorships. We're not backed by any major money bit you know holders what's nice about that is is we're not beholden to anybody either we're beholden to our attendees and giving them a great experience and a great show and if they the attendees continue to grow the show we'll do it you know um so please like buy your badges in advance tell your friends and family about it and oh before i forget because we're not giving enough away cheap uh don't you guys have a discount code i could have sworn that we created a discount code for you let me double check here not I think that we we're aware of yet, but Un- unless you and Alex discussed this and Alex was supposed to tell one of us and didn't, we can blame Alex. He's not here. Yeah. I'll well, tell him you said it was his fault. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let me, let me double check here real quick. I'm pretty sure I created a discount code for you guys. Let's see here. I don't know. I will let you know. And if you guys want to make that known to your community, I, I, I'm sure we did. If I didn't, I will fix that. I'm pretty um, sure I remember seeing and, that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it will get you guys, it'll get your listeners and anybody who gets the or listens to the show, they will get an extra discount on top of the already discounted price. And it's just a way for us to say thank you to all you guys and to your audience for supporting the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I don't have that information on hand. 
I really feel oh, I no worries. We can no. always add that in and we re- we record episodes weekly, so putting that in yeah. future episodes is not a problem or even going back and adding into this. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so yeah, that's right. You're editing this. If you want to give me a second, I will find it. I keep thinking like um just for the sake of expediency, while you look that up, why don't we move into game of the week? Hey folks, future Steve here doing the edit. And uh, Wiz has been kind enough to get back to me with that information. He actually found it while we were doing Game of the Week, but was so distracted and enthralled by Game of the Week that he forgot to actually say it while we were recording. So the discount code that you can enter on Pittsburgh Gaming Expo website to buy badges at a discounted rate as one of our listeners is TALKRPGs2023, all capitals and no spaces. So uh, I'll also put that in text form in the show notes. Thanks. Woohoo! Game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. All right. So I guess we'll we'll do game of the week here now. Colt, not having experienced this, unless he's listened to the show and is holding out on us, why don't we let you go later? Or if you decide you don't want to, that's cool. Or you know, use whatever. Steve and I can go first, and uh, we'll just roll from there. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, go for it. All right, Joe, you or me, Steve? Uh, you could go first. That sounds good. All right. So I'm going to go with a little game I I found this afternoon called The Brain Snatchers, which was part of Pocket Quest for this year, which is Ah. a little game jam thing. It's a sci-fi mini RPG with a roguelite touch. So the invasion of the Brain Snatchers was thwarted. Humanity won. Decades later, big corporations cloned their own brand of the aliens and what you get to do in this game is play as a group of the brain snatchers. Tiny corporate spies t- take over human bodies and replace them. You get to infiltrate competing companies, <laughs> use the skills of your host body. And if your body doesn't work, well, you just get a different one. That sounds like a lot of fun. Little 20-page core book, pay what you want, suggested prices, all of $3.50. You know, uh, content warning, yes. You kind of assume the role of alien murderers that kill humans and take over their bodies. So, yeah, you know, it gets dark. Um, but still, kind of a cool little simple thing. Like I said, it's called the Brain Snatchers. All right. I'll take next. I have a game by a company called Octopus Apocalypse. It is I called... I like the company name. Yeah, it's called You Are Fish. What do you do? <laughs> and it is... Fish with an F or PH? F. F. Although. Oh, I was going to say, otherwise, you just never stop the song. Although, it, you could play You Are Fish, What Do You Do with the band Fish. So, this is what I'm going to refer to as a collaborative aquarium storytelling game <laughs> uh, <laughs> where everybody gets together and plays as fish and attempts to tell a story. Uh, very rules light, very fun. It's all of $2 on drive-thru RPG for the PDF. It just looks like a good time. And, and so it's the players play as fish. Meanwhile, the GM or editor takes the player's ideas and tries to mold them into a, uh, a somewhat cohesive story, which is my kind of game. <laughs> just hands down. That it that sounds like a thing I'm gonna throw in my bag and be like, okay, half of the people didn't show up for D and D today, so uh, you're fish. What do you do? <laughs> those those are the best kind of games. I love those games. Where I have like, so many of those, I I, yeah, I need to so, make like a book of them. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Now, my go-to for that is Easy D6 by DM Scotty. I know we talked about it last time, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's rules light enough that that's just it, right? You know, like you can make a character in about like five minutes and jump right in and play. So that's cool. Like, I, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, you had a copy ICRPG out for a second there. The Index uh, yeah. Card RPG. I love that game. That's a great system. That's another game I've never gotten to play. I, I own the books. I, I I read the book. It's got a great GM advice section. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I love that. I'll refer to it every once in a while. I need to get the creative juices flowing. Um, but yeah, I would love to eventually try it. Um, I haven't gotten to it yet. I, I deferred to EZD6 instead and started running that. Right, right. Uh, well, do you two have anything you want to talk about? Either Yeah, I have... Um, yeah, I'll throw in game of the week. Um, okay, I know I have all these indie, you know, but I'm gonna actually go with a with a book by a, a larger publisher. Um, by Free League. Yeah, um, Alien Alien RPG by Free League. Oh. I got to play this, like I said earlier. I got to play this at Phil's at Game Masters Free RPG Day. The gentleman who ran it sat next to me and played Cyberpunk Red with me, and I had a <laughs> last run playing off of him i played the lawman he played the uh the uh what was it the uh hype man whatever it is the, the face i don't think it's uh, i can't remember fixer yeah the fixer he played the fixer and we played off it was a lot of fun well then he ran alien after that and i all of my kids my oldest is 14 my youngest is 10 we've watched all like what alien one through four some of them are tv edits <laughs> but we've watched them and my kids absolutely love the franchise and when i found out that he was running alien i was like i've got to at least try it i had a blast because it's not super rules like chunky it's like a d6 system and so then after that i was like I i've got to get this and, and run it so i picked it up i picked up this the the starter set the adventure destroyer of worlds i want to get the colonial marines books it it does such a good job of setting the atmosphere in alien that that whole anxiety that paranoia where you don't trust anything you don't trust your situation you don't trust your your co-players yeah anything you, you don't know where it's going to come from and my kids had a blast playing it because they know the franchise i genuinely think if you have a really if you have a, a competent gm who can set that like gritty grim creepy atmosphere you don't even need to know the franchise because the tools are here, like with the stress dice and everything like that. And how, like one of the coolest mechanics in this game, I think is if I, if I'm referring to it correctly, is the stress system is that every time you fail something, you get a stress die that you add to your pool. And that sounds like, well, that could, that's a good thing, right? It's a power up. And the theory behind it is that when you're under intense stress, Yes, you are stressed out, but you your senses like focus in the laser precision and you find that you can do things maybe that you could not normally. But when you screw up, things go bad in a big way. Oh, yeah. It just makes that game way more swingy. And that's such an awesome thing. Exactly. So like you're building your dice pool by failing, you know, but then when those stress die fail, this is the part of the system I don't really understand because I haven't run it yet. I haven't had an experience with it yet. Like big things happen. It's like panic dice or whatever like mm -hmm. that. Um, 
that get added into the pool. So it makes things really interesting. Character sheets are super easy to understand. You know, once you understand, you know, it's a D6 system and you have core attributes and then you have a couple branching traits from there. And you, it's just D6 system. Like you're like, okay, the numbers on the sheet mean how many dice I'm rolling. And then I'm just looking for ones or sixes. There's no, there's no math. Like you're not adding them up. It's literally just, I'm looking for a one if it's a failure or I'm looking for sixes because uh, mm-hmm. there's successes. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, the franchise, the, the, the RPG franchise element of it seems like it's going strong. It's hard to get the books uh, right now at times, but I worth it. So that's my our game of the week. Yeah, I actually was going to buy that at PGX last year, but Phil sold the copy he had of it on the table before I got around to spending money. Well, that's what happened to me at Free RPG Day. I was going to buy the copy that he had, and it was gone by the time I was done playing uh, Transformers G.I. Joe. And uh, I didn't, so I ended up getting it later. But uh, it's worth it. It's a gorgeous book. Yeah, it is a fantastic book. That's a really great, great game. You've talked about Transformers G.I. Joe, and not to derail you. I don't want to derail this too far. How is that? It is was that fun, good? Especially, especially if you, I feel like that is one of those games where you really benefit from knowing the, the IP. property. Yeah, because when I sat down and I played it, so what I played was a mashup. It was a free RPG special adventure where it they did they crossed over transformers and gi joe which are their own rpgs right they're by the right. same company it's well, basically the up. same game it's the- exactly the whole time i was playing in my mind's eye because we played at theater of the mind mm-hmm. everything was in primary colors blue right. red green right. yellow like you know that i everything was flat textures if there was a laser turret that dropped out of the ceiling it was flush with the ceiling and you know it was just a, a little box outlining it uh you know things like that uh yeah it, it was fun it, it made sense it wasn't super complicated character creation which i didn't have any direct experience with from what i understand is a little bit crunchy um mm-hmm. but if you're running pre-gens which i mean heck how many systems have pre-gen generator uh, character generators out there now I'm sure they've got one in the pipe, if not already out. That will really help. And what we played, we played humans next to Transformers. So, you know, it, it was fun. If you know those franchises, you're going to enjoy it. And it's just going to be, you know, the nostalgia fuel dialed up to 11 because now you get to play. And you get to do it. There's rules for, like, getting in the Transformers. If you're a human player and you're playing next to a friend who's playing a robot, you can get in. And there's mechanics for that. And even for like, if you don't get out before the transformer transforms. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's fine. And the books, I don't have the transformers book. I may have to get it now. I have the GI Joe core book. Gorgeous. Again, gorgeous book. If you're just a friend of the fan of the art, the spreads in that book are gorgeous. So uh, I can't recommend it. I had a lot of fun playing that. That's cool. Yeah. Glad to hear it. All right. So you want to join the Frey cult or. Um, does it have to be an RPG? No, nah, it doesn't have to be. Um, I have a game that I got not too long ago that I guess would be the last tabletop game I played, so I'm just going to pick it because it's fun in King of Tokyo. Ooh. Oh, that's such a great game. That's such a great game. It's so much fun. It, it's, it's one of those games where you just make enemies out of your best friends. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Uh, King of Tokyo. Where you could earn your nickname again, Steve. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, that's back when I used to play uh, board games. That's where I got my nickname from. So, yeah. 
But um, T- King of Tokyo is awesome, though. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. We play it after band practice. I've never heard. I've never played it. What kind of, like it? It's so it's a board game. Yeah, so you're it's a board game where you're a monster and you're basically rolling dice trying to get hit points to attack other players to kill them. Okay. Oh, I could. I might need to get that because. So is it like a like a uh, kaiju battle royale over Tokyo kind of thing? Yeah. So like. I guess it, yeah. There's like there's like a battle arena. So whenever you're only two people can be in the battle arena at one point in time, and you can only attack other players if you're in the uh, the battle area. But then you're also susceptible to being attacked. So you can choose whether you want to be in there or not. So it's up to you whether or not you want to be vulnerable or not. It's 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 fun. Cool. Sounds that way. Yeah, it's a really good time. Well. Thank you both for coming on. If you have anywhere you would like to plug, now would be the time to do it. Any, you know, any notable social media or anything that you want to want people to know about you or even the con. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let me uh, make sure I don't butcher this because I always, always butcher it. So our main page for the convention is Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. And it's, you can, you know, just, Put it right in like that. Uh, Google us. It'll come right up. Yeah, PittsburghGamingExpo.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at, we have two communities. We also have the convention page, which is Pittsburgh Gaming Expo on Facebook. Um, and then we have two community groups that have kind of driven this thing. And one is Pittsburgh Retro Gaming. And the other is Pittsburgh Modern Gaming. And therefore, all things gaming, not just video games uh we are happy to hear people in either community talk about the you know modern tabletop games modern board games as well as modern video games and as well as old school games and whatnot and we are also on instagram um our instagram is pgh gaming expo uh on instagram and yeah we're at uh, also on twitter at and this is probably going to change but right now for right now on twitter we're fighting with twitter uh, they, they've blocked our actual official profile that has never been used. <laughs> we never used it, but they blocked it. So we're working on that. But the one for Pittsburgh Retro Gaming is PGH Retro Gaming on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find all of our content. Uh, again, the hub for all of that is PittsburghGamingExpo.com for the website. Very cool. And the dates for the convention itself, September 30th, October 1st, Monroeville Convention Center, which from out of town is right outside of pittsburgh great time folks really great time and all of that all that is on um our website and our ticket master for the show is tabletop.events as well uh they're a great supporter of the show they really help on the back end with making things happen um we've used lots of different ticket processing services in the past um, and this is one that really kind of works for us and it's going to help us grow the show so uh, like to give them a shout out as well. Cool. All right. Well, I think with all that, thank you both for taking the time to come chat about this. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks having, for having us. us. Thank you for having us at the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 We want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, as always, links to everything are in the show notes. And remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all.
intro and outro music by the band 12 noon you can email us at me and steve rpg at gmail.com you can find us on twitter and rpgs find us on facebook at me and steve rpg podcast on discord at me and steve rpgs and as always all of these links are in the show notes thank you and be kind to one another for the cigar cigar 20 bucks dog you gotta go down the street to the store and buy that